Coming at you live from an edgy Big Brother parody for furries, it's Cartoon Night in Canada! Hey, what you watching? Got a problem with Cartoon? to Cartoon Night in Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of Canadian animation to find the good, the bad, and the just plain weird. I'm your co-host, Chris Lucy Antonio. And I'm your co-host, Sylvia Kettles. And can you believe that we're just, this is a thing now, we're going to keep doing this. Oh god, we, we did one and then thought, hmm, that's not enough. Gluttons for punishment, we are. Yep, that's us. So, for episode two, you, uh, speaking of glutton for punishment, or, you picked Life's a Zoo. Well, <laughs> Life's a Zoo.tv, thank you very much. You're right, I'm so sorry. Don't disrespect the product. Um, more than the product disrespects the product? We'll, we'll get into it, but, yeah, so, the way we want to break up the content of Cartoon Night in Canada moving forward is that we want to really diversify what things we cover it's not always going to be animation aimed at kids for example sometimes it's going to be aimed at extremely juvenile adults yeah you know the uh the family guy method i mean this is just a this is just a platform for us to really speak out our opinion that man animation can be targeted for adults if you respect them a little bit more and realize that the lowest common denominator of humor is not the o- is not the only pathway yeah there's this this running pattern of animation for animation for adults that seems to think that that is both setup and punchline on its own like the whole idea of you know you've got your family guys your american dad uh your bigs mouths and all of them seem to be like live off of the the single joke of but this is for kids so we're gonna make it dirty and gross and isn't that funny and it's just like only 13 year olds watch this sir yeah like i'm 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 not a prude by any means like i do like the occasional crude humor or quote-unquote dirty thing uh coming down the, the the pipeline of animation but at the same time it's like if that's the entirety of of the field for that demographic there are so many unexplored things because animation is just a form of filmmaking it's not a genre in itself and mm. the, the fact that we get things like uh for example, bojack horseman and tuca and birdie for example like that is animation aimed at adults Absolutely. And it has the same kind of look as like a cartoon like your family guys and uh American Dads, like just the Seth MacFarlane uh yeah. formula, I like guess. Everyone just riffing on the Simpsons into eternity until the heat death of the universe. Exactly. So should we just get into this? Yeah, so life's a zoo. 
I was not familiar with it at all. So this is this is mostly going to be a a, a Chris led show because. Oh, don't put this I, evil so on in me. Terms of, well, in terms of like nostalgia, I have literally none because the first time I ever heard about this show was when we were writing up a list uh, of potential episodes, and you said, "Oh man, we should do Life's a Zoo." That show was garbage. Uh, word for word, that is a direct quote. Yes, <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, I guess, this is my fault um, that this is on the docket and being recorded currently. But it's a really interesting cultural item from the late two thousands that we'll we'll talk about more extensively. But just to go over the premise a bit, I, I wrote a little spiel. In a luxurious mansion somewhere in Saskatchewan, and, iso- and isolated from the outside world, seven species of animals live together and compete in competitions to win the grand prize, the house itself. Constantly monitored by hundreds of cameras which expose the worst aspects of human animality excuse me, to the world, these contestants form alliances and enemies, all to avoid getting extincted at the end of every episode. The show was created by Adam Shaheen and Andrew Horn, produced by Toronto-based studio Cup of Coffee Studios, and originally broadcast on Teletoon between September of 2008 and November of 2009. For the episode for the show today, we picked the second episode of the first season, You Snooze, You Lose It, which sounds like the wrong pun there, uh, which originally aired September 5th, 2008. I feel like they definitely had an opportunity. Spoilers. I think they could have gone with a papaya fucking joke like if they really wanted to just dig into it they could have come up with a much better joke for that title yeah yeah um so as someone who's unfamiliar with the show uh selby i'll just tell you what basically is the whole idea of it is that every week there's a competition one of the one of the uh contestants uh wins the competition is granted immunity and completely changed the dynamic of the house between all the contestants. And eventually there's a reversal of fortune and they're the one that's extincted or ousted from the house at the end of the episode only to return the second, the next episode because there's no continuity in the show. Great. Um, So no extincting happened at the end of this episode. I, yeah, I noticed that. I realized like, man, I, we might've fucked up by picking this one. Cause like, that's just a, such a little frustrating aspect of the show is that there's no consequences to anything. And like these characters go on these huge altering past paths that ruin all their relationships and it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Cause I was deeply confused by the concept because I only saw this one episode and just thinking, wait, so what's, what's the uh, game show aspect? Like, cause obviously this is big brother but no one's getting kicked off at the end of the episode. I am confused. And also, <laughs> the episode itself confused. Everything confused me. Well, we're, we're dealing with a Big Brother parody, which by, by 2008, it seemed so like late to the party. Like it, it wasn't uh, even the first animated Big Brother parody. No, we have to. We have to give. Uh, we have to put respect on Drawn Together. His name, uh, the the Dave Geeser and Matt Silverstein show, which I because... did watch. Yeah, it was. It was there. Also not. <laughs> it was also not great, but at the very least, it swung hard and 
when it wanted to be extremely offensive, it at least felt it was accomplishing something. Yeah. I, I don't usually, uh, I, I don't usually respond to such try hard kind of crude humor, but at the same time, it's like that was a oddity. That that was like a car crash of a show that was trying its damnedest to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, literally all I really remember from that show was that the Betty Boop knockoff is, like, super horny. Uh, well, yeah, she's super horny. She is alcoholic. She is morbidly obese, and everyone treats her bad for that. Right. She cuts herself with razor blades. Uh, right. Practices poor person. It's just, there's just so much shit into that, into these characters, and it's ridiculous because of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you seem to be fading at the memory of it. I sorry, I just totally disassociated and went back to that stage of my life where I was like, "Hell yeah, edgy humor." And then I turned 13. <laughs> well, like but to get back to the point, like this is a Big Brother parody in 2008 where at that point, we've all we all kind of came to accept that reality television is just a thing on the airwaves, and we've all come to accept its its place in the world. And yeah, like in we're fact, like now, two years out from the best season of America's Next Top Model, like reality TV was here to stay. Yeah, and and nowadays, like we've reached like a new sincerity level, like in the year twenty twenty one, which makes the show which makes the show Life's a Zoo TV hold up even worse is that like, we like reality TV unironically now. Like, cause yeah. we, we, we actually appreciate the specifics about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, our mutual friend mint is like really into survivor academically. Yeah. And like, I, I know several people from like my cohort in, uh, in graduate school who were like super into the bachelor and the bachelorette and like they would come to our like shared study room and just gab about that show and it's like wow they really invested in this i have so many feelings about it but yeah like at this 2008 uh, a big brother parody is already nearly a decade too late yeah and it's it's only really mind uh for the the only really like kind of jokes in mind out of it is that all of the characters on this show can be reduced to like a single characteristic. Yeah, like they're like they're based on like archetypes or stereotypes from your from your standard Big Brother season. Like Ray is uh, the party guy. Jake the pig is the gross uh, egomaniac. Uh, Moreski is the old out of touch foreigner. Uh, Rico is the gay one. He's the flamboyant gay one, and that's all he does. I, too, have uh, gay as just an entire personality trait. <laughs> it's great. But, I, I, like, I'm, I'm, I, like, but I'm, I'm sure when, like, people are around you, they don't just constantly make gay jokes about you. And w you make gay jokes about yourself. Yeah. And it's, oh, man, the, it's, it's incredibly lazy. Like, the, the character writing on this show is just incredibly lazy. Like, the... Chi Chi, the overweight panda from China, who all she cares yeah. about is food. And well, and like in this episode, she's like the the quote unquote the nice one. 
the voice of reason. Yeah, she's the voice of reason, which obviously because it's 2008, this gets depicted in with like mystical Chinese music in the background. Is like, oh, she is the the giver of sage wisdom. Yeah, what the fuck was that? And I'm so tired. <laughs> Not broken uh, yet. This is this has aged incredibly poorly. Not only from a cultural perspective in, in that like what it's parroting we just now like, but also the fact that like this was a time when you could be so reductive with your with your characters, make them mm-hmm. one trait and just do as many hack jokes as possible about that one trait. And occasionally even like you're making the same joke episode after episode because you're banking on the idea that your audience won't remember that you've already made that one. Yeah, like exactly. And like just looking at uh Moreski, the 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 bear, it's like he's an alcoholic Russian brown bear. It's like what is is this a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon from 1943? Uh no, it's a Hitalia fan fiction from 2010. Okay, you promised me we would you would not I do this. I did not promise anything. You promised me that you would just leave that out of the show. <laughs> I, I don't think I I don't remember promising anything of the sort. Uh, the the bear had really big, how the fandom portrayed Russia vibes. Drunk over. The what? Like drunk, really obsessed with vodka. Um, quick to violence. Um, quick to remind you about the homeland. <laughs> He has a fucking, like, he wakes up from a, a drunken stir and starts ranting about the Bolsheviks coming to take his family away. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> Implying that he was from a wealthy family? Uh, it's it's a mess. This whole show is a mess. These characters are what? barely characters. They're they their one character trait. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know, because I... I think he gets his own episode because every every uh, every episode focuses on one character who won their competition, and we get to explore their character a little bit more. The one that we chose, uh, Jake wins the no sleeping competition and goes insane, which is a, a really hack premise for an episode. Just like, hey, for for one episode, this character is a little nutty and going crazy, and yeah, it's just I've seen this before and done better. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very sitcom premise that just comes out of nowhere, and it's like they definitely thought, "What's oh, what's the dumbest thing that someone could be obsessed about?" And then someone in that writer writing room just papaya, H- horny for papaya, and that was the end of the meeting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, despite the fact that. Uh, if you look on the Wikipedia page, they have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight credited writers for the, the writing staff. It's That's like tragic. I mean, I, you have to have that many eight people to figure out as many homophobic jokes you can make about Rico. Yeah. Like what else? What what else are they supposed to do with their time? Like most most dudes only have one homophobic joke in their wheelhouse. So if you need eight of them, so then you have eight homophobic jokes. 
they can really pad out an episode with yeah. just the, the gay bashing. <laughs> yeah. I assume that uh, Rico's episode is. I think his episode is he w- he wins the right to be called king and lords himself over the, the house and I, d- I don't remember. Sure, king. Slay. It's It's been too long. It has absolutely been too long. I'm pretty sure there's a joke in there where he says like, I am now your queen. And, and everyone goes like, don't you mean king? He goes like, yes, uh-huh. that's what I meant. It's it's great. This is comedy. That's comedy, baby. Okay, let's talk a bit about the animation, which is the most tragic aspect of the show. Well, yeah, because as far as stop motion goes, it's it's pretty good. Like it, it's the it's smooth. It's clear that a lot of time and work went into it. Gosh, it's a shame about the designs and the lighting and everything else. Yeah, it's a it's a really ugly show. I know we're going to say this about a lot of Canadian animation, but this one is just kind of unpleasant to look at. Like, the stop motion is smooth, it's expressive, but the models are very dark. There's not a lot of color in it. It's ugly, drab, and going for, like, a realistic lighting, it's it, it's trying to look really harsh. And, like, this, this mansion looks like it could use a couple of extra, like, fluorescent lights because everything's just kind of tinted. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a dark yellowy brown light throughout everything like the the characters don't have a lot of color to themselves i either no not at all they're just kind of blobs yeah and and points to where they there's they are deserved uh the way that they emulate the kind of camera of uh reality tv like both in handheld in the characters' faces, as well as, like, the several surveillance cameras around the house. Like, that's done well. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of time and effort was put into matching the visual aesthetic of your standard Big Brother program. But it's... Uh, Big Brother, which is live action, has more color right? than this show. Yeah, and even, like, the talking head uh, segments are designed pretty blandly. And I yeah. feel like that's where you could really flex because it, even if you wanted to create a set where like, oh, this is an actual mansion that these characters are striving to win, the Talking Heads booth should be like in your studio somewhere or like a private place that you've specifically designed to be the Talking Heads booth. So that should be a little crazier, I think. A little more and poppy. Yeah, like this is... Uh, like drawn together is uh, is like I guess I don't want to call it the gold standard of cartoons parodying reality television because I think that's total. I think that's like total drama island, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, that is the that gold that standard. would that would be the best version of this. Yeah, but, but drawn together is the is the most obvious comparison for for this. Yeah, because they're both very blatantly Big Brother parodies. Mm-hmm. Huh. So. So how did, I, how did I, we pick this episode? Well, uh, so the the weird thing, the absolutely weird thing about LifeSuzu.tv is every single episode has a music video included in it uh, from a, a Canadian band of somewhat notable stature. 
and so to pick the, this episode, because they, they all kind of ran together for me and I couldn't distinguish which one does what and which one would be the best talking point. I just picked three of the songs from uh, some of the episodes and let Sylvie decide which one resonated the most. Yeah, they were they were all bangers. For starters, yeah, it's, <laughs> of it's varying a, levels. It was. I've never seen this before, though, where like a show has like a music video inter. Like this is yeah. Other than I guess like Beavis and Butthead, which I also have never seen. Thank God we don't have to cover it. Ha ha. Okay, but this so... is it. It it's so weird that like. It just feels like they, because it, it's just a music video set to a chase scene and almost, or like a montage, like in every single episode, a la Scooby Doo, and it just feels like it's padding out the episode. Which it absolutely is, but you gotta wonder if like was was there some sort of record deal, like re- record label, who like had a bunch of these bands in their roster and was like, hey, hey want to form an alliance it's absolutely for the sake of cross promotion right it's gotta be like i can't think of a single other reason to do something like that other than to perhaps say like hey we're hip (laughs) we know what canadian bands you're listening to we know you like danko jones danko jones Man, like, okay, Denko Jones does the theme song. It's his, it's a song, Bounce, which is just edited for the opening uh, theme of the show. And that is um, prime Canadian cock rock. So like, please, that guy, what do you, that guy what can do you mean own, by cock rock? Cock rock as in, like, what you're getting from a uh, Van Halen in its prime. Like, this is... This is music for dudes and their four challengers to blast in the uh, parking lot while hitting back some Paps Blue Ribbons. Ah. Like, th- he can only write songs about beautiful women. And how much he fucks them. Exactly. And all power to him, because, like, th- that's a nice niche to have. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the three uh, music videos that you sent me were Danko Jones' First Date, uh, which was extremely tempting. I love that song. Uh, Unironically, I love that song. <laughs> I loved the video. It was it was so stupid. I was into it. Um, Attack in Black, Young Leaves, uh, which is what we ended up going with. And uh, Justin Nozuka's Mr. Therapy Man, which... Which is also a bop. It was a bop, and um, the obvious uh, Joker parallels were, <laughs> were, ve- were what made that one tempting. Um, but we went with Young Leaves. Yes, uh, just... Young Leaves by... Well, uh, wh- wh- where are they from? Uh uh, Welland, Ontario band Attack in Black from their debut album Marriage from 2007. And I largely adored this video because it's just it's just a band on the road uh, stopping at a garage sale and picking up random shit. <laughs> and it's just so sweet. 
Um, what drove me insane was that the lead singer is like, and obviously for music videos, um, you're you're lip syncing, or like you're you're fake singing. Like what what you're hearing is not what is being done. But he is so clearly just mumbling the words. Like he's not giving a visual performance that has the same like the has the output of what he's singing so like even when he's going really really hard he's just going (laughs) video and that is and if that was just like oh they're just practicing this is clearly just them hashing out the song no one told that to the rest of the band because they're all going fucking hard in the video and they look like they're singing the backup lines and it just I, I couldn't stop seeing it I mean, in in an era where most choruses today in pop music and rock music can just be uh, boiled down to na 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 or something along those lines, like this is the speaking of gold standards. This is the gold standard of that humming kind of chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's so catchy. It is so forceful uh, of a sound and. Like, I, I've actually listened to this album uh, after kind of reconnecting with this song through our episode. And it's really fucking solid, like, punk rock and folk music. Hell yeah. So you're saying that uh, something good came out of Life's a TV? Oh, like, every single uh, musician and band associated with the show is completely blameless. Yeah, like, they definitely weren't the ones who approached life's a zoo I, I bet some of them don't i bet some of them don't even know that their their music video is a part of the show absolutely they do not know like if you told them they'd be like hmm who yeah you, you go to a attack and black concerts like play the life's a zoo.tv show like what the fuck is this guy saying i'll have what he's having um so I am seeing I'm just I also went to look up like all of the all of the songs that were played in this. Uh there's no Sky Sweetnam. <laughs> the the only Canadian artist that I was familiar with at the time of airing. Uh could couldn't get them. Too too uh too big a name, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, cuz Canadian music is very limited, like in terms of what gets played on on radio stations or what actually ends up leaving the country. I mean, that's a decent segue into the uh, the broadcasting act that uh, we might need to explain for listeners. I'm so mad. So, so the Canadian Broadcasting Act is a is a law that specifically says that. We need a certain amount of Canadian content on our airwaves, which is which is why like we have a kind of skewed impression of media, because a, a lot of uh, American shows, obviously, and American music play on our airwaves, but we give like the same amount of time to fucking uh, the Trues and uh, uh, the uh, Tragically Hip and. It gives us impression like these are the biggest bands of all time to to uh to someone like us growing up in Canada, where we think like man, 
there is no bigger fucking band in the world than Bedouin Soundclash. The radio plays them all the time. Hell yeah. And then you, you know, make some friends on the Neopets boards from the States and you mention uh, Attack... What was that? I cannot remember a single thing you just said. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, you, you, you make your friends on your ne- on the Neo boards and you mention the spiral beach and they're like, hmm, whomst? <laughs> What's that? But the um, very importantly, those Canadian content um, ratios are gone now because of the Super Bowl. Yeah, they were they were taken down in 2015 because American advertisers were bitching and moaning that uh, Canadians weren't seeing all of their ads during the Super Bowl. And so the CRTC was like, shit, guess you're right. Fuck Canadian creators. I I don't think it's been appealed up completely, but it's definitely been like amended in certain ways to make sure that enough America, like we can, we can appease uh, American content creators uh, and give them the airtime they so desperately need here in Canada. It's it's definitely had some negative impact, especially on Canadian animation. Like uh, Nelvana has basically become a uh, a, a work for hire studio for the states now. Like they do not create their own original products anymore because Canadian air stations know that they don't need to air them anymore, and they would much rather air the much more popular American shows. And so Nelvana's been just reduced to, ah, shit, guess we work for the States now. I mean, all you really need to know is like in, so Cup of Coffee Studios, the, uh, the, 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 the company that made Life's a Zoo. TV, in 2016, they were making web shorts about Trump. No. No. N- not in support I of know, Trump, but... but just... But just like that's a that's a yeah. fall from grace, dude. And given that they created Life's a Zoo TV, you didn't think they had far to fall. But yeah, like to go from creating your own television programs that are on the air in both Canada and then later in the states, and then to go from that to I guess we make web shows now because that's all we can get. Yeah, man, kids, kids nowadays, like they'll never hear a song by Chaos, and that's fucking <laughs> bullshit. <sighs> Get those crabs in that bucket, I sir. I have no idea what you're even talking about, and I love it. <laughs> oh, like uh, there, there are ten people listening to this. Goes like, yeah, that's the reference. That's, that's what I'm here for. What a pull. Okay, so. Moving back to Life's a Zoo, I mean, so like the the idea of the show is uh, it's so kind of hackneyed. Again, I keep using that word, but it's so true. But it's like under the scrutiny of constant surveillance a la reality TV, like we are nothing but animals. 
Like it's that that is the that is what they sold the show on when they originally pitched it. It's like, hey, you know how you watch reality TV and it's like, man, these people are acting like animal. Oh <gasps> my god! Which again is a joke that's already been made by Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, like uh, <laughs> we we get it. Putting putting people in a isolated space and filming them, it's like you're that that's just basically yeah. a zoo. Life's a zoo. Holy shit, we wrote like 50% like right of the show right here. It's like, oh my god, they're animals. Add some stereotypes in a music video and we got an episode. Heavy duty racism and homophobia and bada bing bada boom. You got a hit show on your hands. Oh, I, re- I remember the other joke that kind of made me laugh. Impossible. Is that at the, at the end of the episode when they they corner Jake and his papaya love. We'll explain this a Will bit we? later. I don't know. It doesn't it might not be necessary. But when they corner him and he, he like pulls the, the trap on the, on them and they all fall through the floor, he was like, haha, the, the false bottom whatever name. Like, you didn't see that coming. And then Chi-Chi's there. It's like, hey, maybe we can just talk. And he hits her with a two by four. And he goes like, aha, the old two by four to the face. Bet you didn't see. That kind of made me smile. I'm not proud of that, but it's like, man, that's such a, that's such an easy joke. It, it just, it yeah. just works. Yeah, because like to go from an elaborate plan to two by four, a classic. <laughs> just really mean spirited slapstick. It always works. We're we're two for two on like these shows just being really fucking mean. Well, that's that's the point of reality You're TV. Right. It turns people into animals. This isn't this isn't America's Next Best Friends. I'd watch that show. I would too. Like just again, just people vibing. I think that's just what uh, I think that's just what podcasting and let's plays are. <laughs> the majority of shows is just like dudes and or gals hanging out. Just. Just guys being dudes. Fuck, I listened to like three different podcasts with just them, like like uh, alt comedians just talking about like their shitty week. And it's like, yeah. man, I could be listening to anything else, but I'm listening to this. You're just pretending you have friends. No, I, I don't have that kind of parasocial problem with them. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. All right, so so the plot of this episode is that Jake gets a papaya as a trophy from a sleep de- deprivation contest, immediately assumes, well, immediately falls in love with it because he's sleep-deprived, and then, again, because he's sleep-deprived, assumes that everyone else is going to try and kill him. So he starts just acting like a total paranoid dick to everyone, and in response, everyone becomes violently angry and tries to kill him. Try to, tries to kill him, not like hurt him, capture him, no, no, or no, host him, him in the house. Like they, they say they want to murder him. And I thought, okay, so here's here's me being I'm the I am Bobo the clown. Here's me assuming that there was gonna be some thought into into this episode, into this show. Which was really that's that's my bad. Um was when 
Ah, Panther Lady. Manu. Manu. When Manu gets the papaya away from him and she's holding it out over the balcony and she's she's like, I'm gonna drop I'm gonna drop her. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill your love. You you're you're such a dick. I mean like he fucking took nude pictures of her at some point. <laughs> That's so funny. And she's like, I'm gonna like and he's saying, No, no, no I'll don't not my love, I'll do anything. Really wanting some form of narrative closure to anything. I thought she was going to think about what Chi-Chi said and get him some help and say, "I, you need to go to sleep. Like, I'll, I'll give you the papaya if you go to sleep. And that would bring, like, some narrative closure to it. Uh, but I was a fool because everyone in this show is just a bad, angry person. Yeah, and we really need to, we really need to end uh, on a kangaroo court. Yep scene with everyone uh with all the other characters being literally crucified this this show is like there's so little plot to every episode like because like it's it's basing itself off reality tv and outside of like arcs between character like uh people in their relationships there's not a plot Mm -hmm. to your like standard big brother episode yeah um would you do you know why there were crosses why they were crucified yeah because it's edgy like is there okay i was just wondering if there was a reason again that's my bad yeah it's just a it's just a funny visual i guess um but yeah uh, i think we might have not to defend the show but i think we might have picked a kind of bad episode so you're saying that i need to watch more of it no 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 I, i wouldn't subject you to that yeah, because this was, like, not a lot of character interaction outside of everyone just yelling at each other was really happening. The penguin was asleep the whole time, and apparently he's, like, an actual character. Yes, Dr. D, the rapping penguin. Yeah, and I'm so sorry I missed him. <laughs> I, man. I I love Club Penguin. Well, thank you for sharing that, but that was completely unprompted. <laughs> well, no, he just kind of looked like the design. But with chains. There's, and like, a, and a... there's like one, there is one total cartoon penguin design, and it's just the Club Penguin penguin. And Chili Willy. Uh, who's Chili Willy? Uh, it's a, a character on the Woody Woodpecker. Oh, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, every, um, everyone loves him. And then I guess the, the Bruce from Neopets. This is the second Neopets reference you made in this episode, by the way. <laughs> I know, it's just, it's haunting me right now. So, like, th- this episode is, I, g- I guess, the, the, the Jake-centric episode. And as as we mo- as you move forward through the series, every, like I said, every character kind of gets their own little sh- own little show where they win immunity and then through a, or like, are the favorite to win a competition and through reversal of fortune are thrown out of the house. Like, the one with Manu is a is a weight loss competition and she goes on a binge eating disorder. The one with Chi Chi is because she becomes a celebrity and goes completely egotistical. Like it, it's all using their character flaws against them essentially. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's all the real problem with the show is that there's no consequence to anything. There isn't a lead up to 
a like a final kind of episode where it's decided because even after the first season when the, the one of the characters wins uh the the mansion spoilers it's jake it's a thing where the actual winner dis- disqualifies himself and it, it i shouldn't remember this i'm so glad you do though because it means that i don't have to look anything up well well you think that but then a second season happens oh. where they compete again and it's the same characters yep god that's so boring. The only thing that's changed is that uh, Claude, the the vulture who's the host, is changed with a seal. The vulture was literally the only part of it that I was on board with. Yeah, his uh, his, I don't his voice actor isn't well known like Michael Lamport, but he has a really good performance. Like even yeah. even if most of the the characters are like stereotypes, like the voice acting is solid throughout. Oh yeah, like everyone's here to to give a good performance. To use a tired kind of expression, everyone understood the assignment. Like, this is trash, crude comedy, and we're just going to own it. It's just, the sad thing is, it's way too try-hard in that aspect. Yeah. So, do you want to talk a little bit on where this show ended up? So, I didn't know that it ended up on Smosh. Although I shouldn't be surprised because it's very in line with Smosh's ethos of comedy. I have not seen a single minute of any content produced by whatever Smosh is. God, you're so lucky. Uh, I had the distinct misfortune of uh, being 11 when YouTube started, you know, being a thing. And so I had a lot of friends in elementary school who were very much into Smosh. And so, you know, anytime we would go over to somebody's house, you you pop open YouTube and you just start plowing through your favorite Smosh videos. So I watched a lot of Smosh. The the Shut Up uh, web TV channel was uh, wasn't around until 2012. Well, it's. It's such a weird thing uh, for this show, Life to Zoo TV, because it it originally it had its air dates, it had its uh, run on Teletoon from between two thousand eight and two thousand nine, like it was done, and then somehow in twenty twelve, it or twenty thirteen, whichever, it gets picked up. It was twenty twelve. Okay, uh, it gets picked up by their uh, Smosh's Shut Up cartoons, and they just begin airing it on their YouTube channel. Yeah, and because at that point, like, the joke was already old in 2008. Like, did they get it for free? I'm genuinely curious about that. Like, how did this deal get struck? Because all, all they got were the rights to broadcast it on their, or to, like, post it on their YouTube channel. Did the Smosh guys watch it in 2008? And they were like really nostalgic for it and then they found out the rights were the the airing rights were up i don't know but if that's true then the smosh people had too much power and they probably still have too much power even though they've completely fallen off i'm guessing do they still exist technically yes and no uh ian uh i forget his last name is still associated with smosh um but they they basically went corporate and uh anthony the the other half of smosh basically said his creative his creative vision was being stifled (laughs) and 
as truly hilarious a statement as that is, there was genuinely something lost by breaking up the duo by just like a lot of the the charm if you want to call it that had a lot to do with the two of them being friends i mean i i agree to extend that it should have stayed in the basement but man to think like man it used to be about the comedy (laughs) thank god uh for andrew horn and uh adam shaheen that their their program lived on next to such comedy classics as Teleporting Fat Guy, Really Freaking Embarrassing, Samurai Daycare, Zombies vs. Ninjas, Pubertina, Otaku Taco Truck. These are all real shows that were aired on the Shut Up Cartoons I, I, I channel. I know that they should be familiar to me because I also looked up that list a few days ago. But I guess the titles just slid off of my brain. You're... you're you're calling into question the legitimacy of icons of teen, of politicats. Oh no! I of Weaseltown. I, I would never question politicats. So yeah, that's uh, that's the company that Life to Zoo. TV kept in its later years, and that's outside of the weirdness of its music videos. That's probably its legacy. It was picked up by a YouTube channel that had way too much power. Yep. It's it's such a shame because I, I I think you can agree, we both agree on this, that like we both love stop motion animation and we want more of it yeah. on airways and being funded. Go go see every Leica movie in theaters. Keep the lights on at that studio because I'm not sure how much longer they'll last. Support what's what's the studio that um that Wes Anderson uses? Oh, uh Ah oh, man, uh is it Indian Paintbrush? That sounds right. No, they, they did. They had producing credits on both of Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. So there is a lot of great stop motion animation series that have been made over the years. Uh, Moral Oral, The Shivering Truth. Uh, I guess the, the PJs were of its time, but at the very least, it tried. Even Celebrity Deathmatch. Like I, I want to support that style uh, of animation. I, I believe Wapos Bay is also stop motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want, I want more people to support that style of animation and come out for it. It's just a shame that LifeSuit.tv is not that great. <laughs> yeah, because stop motion is like a truly cool uh, style of animation to just see created. I am so fond of being able to like stop a movie and maybe seeing somebody's thumbprint on a character's face. Like it's just it's so it gives me such a thrill such joy oh have you seen um have you seen the uh like uh 2019 film the wolf house no i have not oh you will absolutely love it it's a it's a stop motion film about a girl who escapes a cult and holds up in a house and the entire idea is the house itself is telling the story so the environment uh transforms and terraforms to like build this narrative and it is the most yes. creative and unique stop motion film I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's 2018, actually. Fake fan. My bad. Like there, there are times when the, the main character is represented by a like a doll or a a model. Other times, she's painted on the walls. And yeah, this is this is giving me big Street of Crocodiles vibes. Yeah, there is a bit of Quay Brothers in it because it's actually yeah. really disturbing. 
Hell yes. Okay, that's going on my list. But yeah, we're like, we are completely on board with any form of stop motion animation. We will give it a try. But yep. for the for the love of God, don't don't appeal to such simple forms of adult humor. Yeah, it's, like, animation is an expression that can be added to anything. Like not not to get on my high art uh, hobby horse here, but like oh, I am on this horse. I want more films like Anomalisa. Hell yeah! Like I want more films like The Wolf House. Like there, we are leaving so much potential in storytelling on the table by just making a simple fucking big brother reality tv show parody with stereotypes yeah it's it's boring it's been done let's be better let's let's do some cool shit with this very cool medium (sighs) so any closing thoughts on lifesazoo.tv i'm tired are you are you are you glad that you know about this show now no. I'm, you... I'm glad I now have a list of Canadian artists that I can listen to, I guess. Yeah, they, they did nothing wrong. Yeah, they they had nothing to do with this. Um, Danko Jones, I know you're listening. <laughs> Come on the show. Fr- friend of the show, Danko Jones. I'm, I'm, so, yep. I'm so glad that Personal your brand, brand of horny cock rock exists. Thank you, sir. I'm so sad we didn't actually end up picking his music video. I think I picked the bad episode. You picked a good song. It was a good song, but the episode it was attached to, not so much. I severely distrust uh, your taste moving forward, knowing that you watched this. Look, it was it was on TV, and I had nothing better to do. Look, okay, let's... <laughs> moving forward, for the people listening, it's not always going to be bad shows. No, I think I, I've got a, a good one for next week. That's the thing. Uh, we won't reveal that yet, but mo- we just want you to know it's not just we're we're not specifically pointing out bad or shows that haven't aged well for the sake of riffing and comedy. This is a this is a earnest effort to interrogate our nostalgia and see what we remember and hopefully find some gems in the rough. But man, we we pulled two duds in a row. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we believe that Canadian animation is good and deserves to have people still looking at it. Yeah, I, th- I think on both episodes so far, we've we've stressed it like, I'm glad this exists, even though I, I'm not a fan and in the first episode and I hate it in the second episode. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, next week is like, a, no, I like this thing. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Oh, man, thank <laughs> On Danko Jones' 2010 album, he had a porn star on the cover. Hell yeah! I'm just going through his Wikipedia now. I think the episode's over. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Canada Cartoon. That will probably change in the future. We've gone over that. Uh, leave us a good review on your podcatcher of choice, preferably Apple Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at CinemaCreep. And you can find me at Blue Paddlin. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.